listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Coming off what was a pretty fun weekend to be a Swift Current Bronco fan and a busy part of the schedule as well. Four games and five nights and the Broncos collecting five of a possible eight points from those games as well. Solid weekend to be a Swift Current Bronco fan. And boy, what a come-from-behind effort, not just Friday, but Sunday as well in that uh, eventual overtime win against Med Hat Bosch. Yeah, some really exciting games. I mean, even another um, comeback against Medicine Hat on the Wednesday that didn't quite work out with that shootout loss, but just some really entertaining games. Um, obviously, the the packed house here on Friday against Regina and the two goals in 34 seconds kind of you know set the place on fire. And then you know the next night was also a packed house in, in Regina, and there was some, some good moments there for the team over the course of that game just couldn't quite get the job done and heading into Medicine Hat that third game of a, of a three and three is always tough you never know if the guys are going to be you know tired or the or the uh, the you know the energy just kind of carries you through and the the adrenaline and that kind of stuff and it seemed like that really kicked in the third period to to really bounce back and come back and pick up two very valuable points so uh, you know pretty impressive stuff from the team with some third period comebacks in three of the four games they played last week and I think the team can be pretty happy with their efforts that game against Medicine Hat that come from behind win the Broncos didn't surrender a shot in like the final 10 minutes of play in that one and they were down by two going into the third period and trailed until about halfway through was there a turning point in that one I mean I was at the game and I was just trying to think was was it a shift was it a big hit was it a save I'm, I'm just trying to remember because it it really seemed like it was a tale of two periods I think I think they just started to come around they kind of just got better as the game went on I mean in the first period they took four penalties in the first period yeah. and, and killed them all off and then the penalty kill went six for six that game which was great to see um, and I you know I think they got the the goal from from Pickering about eight minutes or so into the third period and that was off a turnover by Medicine Hat in their own zone and it kind of just seemed like the Broncos got a little better as that game went on and Medicine Hat started to take a step back or so as that game went on so you know certainly huge credit goes to them for for sticking with it um you know never giving up being down by two in the third period can be very difficult to come back from but that was the fourth time this season the Broncos have come from behind when trailing after two periods of play to win a game there's only two teams in the league that have done it more times and that's Tri-City and Victoria with five wins each we got a good podcast for you this week. Uh, Devin Pratt will join us to uh, give the coaches breakdown, as he is always gracious enough to do. And overage forward Drew Englott is going to join us as well for his first Broncos this week appearance. And uh, Drew Englott really seeming like a solid acquisition and just a guy that brings character, leadership, veteran experience, and so many intangibles to a young locker room. Yeah, and he hit it out of the park in his first interview too. He was it was a uh, bang on guest. Um, yeah, I mean just the the veteran presence, like you said, the guy's closing in on on 200 games. I think as of right now, he's at 188 regular season games, so he's going to hit that milestone here uh, in a couple of weeks. And and obviously had that big playoff run um, last year with uh, with Cam Loops getting to the third round. So uh, like you said, those intangibles that are that are tough to sort of see sometimes from the outside, but uh, you know inside that locker room and on the ice during practice, it can make a huge huge difference. And I think he's been a really good addition the team absolutely and I want to touch on again we we mentioned it a little bit but circling back to that sellout game here at Innovation Plex on Friday night largest crowd that we've seen in this barn in quite some time and the team certainly didn't disappoint there there's a guy on the other side that that has some skill 
and you know, I thought that uh, that the home team played him pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he got his he got his power play goal in the first period, which I'm sure made a lot of people in the building excited to kind of see that firsthand. But you know, really from that moment on, he had his looks. Uh, you know, he tried to come down the middle a couple times, and and Reed Dick got out there to make some good saves. I think he finished the game with seven shots on net or something like that. And uh, he had that great uh, drop feed off the rush uh, in the first period as well. And you know, Reed played so good in that first period, especially 17 saves to keep it one nothing after one and. Um, you know, I think there was obviously the excitement of with uh, with Bedard being here in the building after his World Junior performance, and you know what, it, it gave uh, it gave the building some some excitement that it hasn't seen in quite a while. Like you said, um, uh, the energy was was palpable no matter where you were in the rink. I think, and the the third period comeback kind of brought it to a new level. And I think the the players have been hoping for an atmosphere like that all season long, and they got it on on Friday night. And like you said, they they didn't uh, they didn't disappoint with the effort they put in. Absolutely, and uh, now the team prepares to spend a little bit of time on the bus as they get set for their U.S. road swing, the first one for this organization in quite some time. Yeah, it's almost five years to the day that they've made this U.S. trip uh, shortly after the trade deadline in uh, the 17-18 season was the last time they went down to the U.S., so it's going to be very busy. Uh, Team's heading out. We're recording this on Tuesday. The team is taking off uh, Wednesday after practice and driving to Cranbrook, staying there for the night, practicing in the morning, then heading down to Portland to get ready for the, uh, the first game on Friday, so looking forward to it. Obviously, I've, I've only ever seen one of the rinks down there in the U.S. Division in Tri-City, so I'm looking forward to seeing the other four. And, uh, you know, you hear so many things about how the, the, the crowds in the U.S. are pretty pretty packed almost everywhere you go. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing it firsthand. Right on. All right. On the Broncos This Week podcast, our feature guest is overage forward Drew Englot. But in just a moment, we'll break things down with head coach Devin Pratt. This is the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Coaches Show Edition, uh, head coach Devin Pratt joining us. Devin, uh, you know, generally looking at the last week for the Swift Current Broncos, you had that four games and five nights, which you ended up collecting five of a possible eight points in. Um, you know, just generally, you know, your assessment of the team's performance over the last week here. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of hockey for our group. Um, you know, I, I liked our resiliency. I liked our fight back. Uh, three of the four games we were successful in, uh, you know, um, coming back from a third period deficit, and uh, the one in Regina got away from us. So as a group, we we want to be better early in games and uh, limit the power play opportunities that we give up. It seems to, um, you know, we run out a little bit of esteem in first periods and and uh, get outplayed a little bit here, and um, but feeding off the positives and you know we have a no quick group we have a group that uh, doubles down on its identity and um, has found success late in game so really proud of our guys for the way they uh, uh, battled back certainly uh, a huge positive on the Friday night against the Regina Pats a packed house here in the rink uh, as you mentioned down in the third period two goals in 34 seconds to take the lead and never really look back after that I mean just the the atmosphere inside the rink was awesome you know what was it like for the guys uh, on the bench during that yeah I, it was awesome it uh, it was great for our group like I thought we had a slow start in that game um, and then the last 40 minutes we played some of our better hockey uh, from the year and um, you know sometimes when you're playing well you still won't get results but for us it was within that just having that belief and that confidence that when it became 2-1 in the third period for them there was no deviation um, everyone just continued to believe that if we did things the way we were doing them that we we're going to have success and break through and um, you know we've seen the, the importance of shift after goals the momentum that comes with that and um, you know to score right away after uh, tying it up on a great second effort from Josh Philman and then um, a great play from Louis to Davies to Inglot back 
back door and bang bang um we, we've got the lead and i thought the boys locked it down pretty good after that yeah and then uh, saturday night you go to regina i imagine that game was probably a, a good learning experience for the guys a lot of players on this team have played in empty stadiums over the course of the last few years but uh, a sold out brand center can be a hostile place to play you know how how was that for the team yeah you know what unfortunately we got down right away i think they scored a minute 10 in um and it just seemed like we were chasing things from there and then uh, we were fortunate to tie it up and, uh, and then a lengthy five on three kill um at the end of a double minor and we killed the first part of a double minor and then we get into the second part and make it a five on three and um you know they got the weapons over there and they they scored on that and then it just seemed that we never really got our footing and it was just one of those nights that are there a little opportunistic where um, i actually felt we started to take the play in the second and third period and um we were doing everything to score and it would just they come down the ice and it'd be an odd man rush or a breakaway or a high-end chance and reed dick did a great job of giving us an opportunity and again 4-2 game we cause a turnover brady bernie has a nice shot on that it trickles through the crease and they come down and make it 5-2 and it's kind of that's all she wrote for the night but again our guys uh, fought right to the end there was no quit um and we just got to be a little bit more detailed uh you know disciplined and detailed for sure um early in games and um it's nice to know that there is no quit and it's nice to know that the boys will battle back but at the same time um over the long run it's just not the process to have success night in and night out so um that's where we want to identify things and tidy up our game here note on that game and also the one against Medicine Hat on the Wednesday. A couple of guys getting their first WHL goals. Uh, Josh Fluker against Medicine Hat, Connor Gabriel in Regina. So for those guys who are getting regular playing time, making that adjustment to the league, uh, certainly nice to see those guys get rewarded too. Yeah, for sure. I think with both guys, it felt like it was just going to be a matter of time. Josh has uh, had some great reads and jumped up in some um, two-on-one situations and backdoor plays and just uh, you know hasn't found that puck luck and it was nice to see him get rewarded. Looks like he's a guy who scored a goals in the league the way he received that calmly and just kind of um, you know picked his corner and feathered it up there and for Gabriel uh, Connor really excited for him too I, I felt this last month he's created a scoring chance every game whether he was a, a nice play that he made with the puck or a driving wide taking pucks to the net and uh, really seeing some confidence and growth in his game there and again kind of that matter of time feeling and uh, you know he looked like a wily veteran flying down the wing and sniping that one too so so uh, excited for those guys and their growth. The Sunday afternoon game in Medicine Hat, I mean, you're, you're heading into there. The, you, you could very well say that the tank was empty for that one, but I, I couldn't believe the resolve of this team to battle back in the third period to force overtime and get that OT winner. You fell behind early and had a key five on three to kill off, which your team did. You know, what What were some of the takeaways from that game against Medicine Hat? That, yeah. was, that was a fun one to be a fan at, man. Yeah, it was, uh, you know... It was uh, just a game where we were resilient with what we had. Um, you know, I, I felt that uh, a couple defensive letdowns in the second period put us behind the eight ball, and it just seemed that our puck management was a little bit loose. And a lot of times when you're fatigued, the first thing that's going to go is your mentality and your thought process. And, um, you know, I, again, we're extremely proud of this group and the way that they battled and dug deep and found a way to control the majority of the third period and kind of come at them wave on wave 
wave and it seemed like after an extensive ozone shift the next lineup would come out and um, we would score we'd find a way to get one past them and um, you know that's what it takes sometimes um, getting on your toes and getting more aggressive and the guys uh, were able to dig deep that's our only three and three all year it was a makeup game thrown into a schedule that was already pretty heavy it's the end of four and five um, and you know once you get it to overtime um, Joey makes some big saves keeps things alive and um, Josh Davies kind of took control with his speed separating there and Matt Ward driving the back door and uh, a beautiful shot from him so yeah it was it, you know it's one of those games where I felt uh, you know after a lot of games I've always kind of had one little negative that I want to talk about that we want to learn and grow from even when we have success and um, with that one it was just like let's just take these and run let's we kind of stole these two points here at the end of a, a grueling schedule and uh, let's take the points and run and we'll work on things uh, Tuesday when we come to the rink here and and uh, you know dive into some video and some structure and, and where we got to tidy our game up a little bit but uh, yeah I'm really excited for our group and uh, I always have some fun with our guys uh, pausing video when we score goals at home of fans throwing their hands in the air or people getting <laughs> excited and um, you actually were in a pretty good spot for the OT winner. You go two noodles up and then a fist pump right after. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be showing the boys that in the dressing room. So not only was it four and five last week, but really eight games in 13 days with the week before also having four games and to be able to get nine of 16 points over those uh, those eight games. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I think the way that you had the travel mixed in there, the three and three, I think a pretty solid, uh, you know, 13 game, uh, 13 days for your group. Yeah. You know what? Um, the, the weekend just before Christmas really set the foundation for this uh, second half here and, and where we started off as a group. And um, there's been a lot of these you know bending but not breaking um, a lot of moments where we're down a goal or two and we fight our way back into games and um, that no quit mentality so um, you know we're, we're excited about where we're at and we're confident that if we tidy up some other areas we'll have some continued success here because the schedule gets heavy we're heading out on the U.S. road swing here um, you know we're our, the remainder of our schedule is road game um, heavy as well um, nine home games 17 on the road looks a little daunting but it's more manageable once you get through a five game swing on the states and you get down to nine and twelve but um, we're going to embrace that road mentality just road warriors and uh, go out and try and do a job and um, build off of the success we've had here down this last little stretch of you know 10 three and one hockey in our last 14 yeah and there's uh, no action for your team here at innovation plex until february 10th and you touched on it that uh, u.s trip coming up and and that can be a real meat grinder uh, first time for you going through through it as a head coach uh, first time for a lot of the players on this team going through such a thing as well uh, I'm sure there's all kinds of preparations that that are required for something like this but you know how, how are you and Matt approaching this one yeah no I mean we just stick to our process um, you know we will dive in and do a pre-scout and inform our guys as best we can on the tendencies and, and who to look for and what to look for against these teams and um, I think you know playing in the uh, sold out rinks on back-to-back nights was good for our group because um, from any pre-scout I've seen a lot of the the talk is that you know the crowds in the states are pretty hostile they're pretty excited and um, they get good crowds as well so um, I think that's uh, exciting for our guys you know it's always nice you get into a season uh, we talk about a med hat we've played med hat five times in the last 20 some days so 
we're going to play teams that we haven't played in a few years it's a lot of new faces um you know things probably won't be as hostile um to start at the start of games but it'll just be a great opportunity for our guys just to go out and play the game and we've been talking a lot lately about just kind of playing uh, against ourselves playing against the best version of ourselves and not trying to play up or down to competition but finding some consistency within our game and i think that has rewarded us down the stretch here so that'll be uh, a lot of what we want to do on the road is just establish our game and and also a chance for the guys to see some new things you know i see there's uh, the itinerary out there guys are going to head down to you know pike place in seattle with a couple of days off there between games and uh just a chance for them to kind of look around a little bit on this trip i think it's always one every team looks forward to every year whether it's the bc division or the u.s division and uh just an opportunity to kind of get the team out there and have some downtime yeah, yeah, it's a heavy schedule, so, you know, we're going to have some days off in there instead of getting out and practicing, just, uh, you know, some load management for our guys. So, um, you know, it's an opportunity to reset a little bit and get away from the game and enjoy, uh, you know, a little bit of travel and look around. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if we're going to be road warriors, it's a business trip too. We're there for one reason, and that's uh, to play quality hockey and give ourselves the best chance to win and, you know, hopefully come out of the American Swing further ahead in the standings than where we're at right now element of measuring stick taking on you know a team that is definitely all in this year in seattle and you know portland they've managed to put together a very respectable roster as well of course taking nothing away from the other three yeah no i think um yeah like we when you see what kind of went down at the deadline and the additions that these teams make and where they're they're at in their standings um you know i think it, it always is an opportunity for our guys to go out and just see exactly where we're at and um uh, it's a great challenge for us so taking it one uh, one game at a time one period at a time not looking too far ahead and um you know uh, standings don't matter when puck drop seven o'clock every night and just being ready to go all right. Well, Devin, thank you very much for this. And, uh, yeah, best of luck as you guys endeavor to be road warriors over the next little bit here. And very much looking forward to seeing this team back here at Innovation Plex on February 10th. Thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast making his first appearance, 20-year-old forward Drew Englott, uh, the newest member of the Bronco family. Uh, Drew, thank you very much for uh, making your way to this end of the rink and, uh, and doing this. How's, how's the Swifty experience been for you so far? Oh, I think it's been awesome so far. Um, obviously, being close to home, that's, that's always nice. And family is really excited for, for me to come back and play my last couple months here in, in Sask, right? So uh, it's been an awesome experience so far. And just, uh, you know, a wild way that you ended up here. I know I talked to you about it shortly after you got here before your first game, but I wonder if you can kind of just rehash what those, you know, 48, 36 hours were like for you leading up to coming here. Um, yeah, there's uh, some rumors kind of going around um, with Everett, with uh, Zellweger and Hofer and, and stuff like that. And uh, obviously we weren't, we weren't sure who was going or what was happening, right? But uh, I know uh, Hamill, the guy that got traded to Everett, he kind of had some rumors that I was going to be part of that. So uh, I kind of had a, seen it coming a little bit, right? And uh, so we had a day off Sunday. Uh, we played in home and home with uh, Kelowna. And, uh, yeah, so we just hung out with the guys and kind of waiting. We're all waiting for a call, seeing what's happening, right? So uh, I went out to Earl's there, and, you know, we both got the call at the same time. Me and Hammy said, hey, come down to the office. And so I was like, all right, this is this is it, right? So you kind of already know. And, yeah, and then he said we got traded to Everett. So uh, I was, you know, it was sad saying goodbye to all the coaches and, and stuff and, being able to go back and say goodbye to some teammates it was, it was obviously tough right it's part of hockey it's the western league and stuff so everyone kind of goes through it eventually um 
And then after that, I've kind of sat all day, kind of waiting for a call from, from Dennis there, the coach in Everett, and never really called at all. And he called Hamill and never did me. And I was just like, okay, so this is kind of weird, right? Usually you guy gets traded. <laughs> the coach usually should probably call you, right? So I kind of kind of figured something fishy was kind of going on a little bit. And um, we planned on going to Langley um, that night. So me and Hamill were going to follow each other up. We are going to stay to his place and then drive the rest of the way to Everett. And still, uh, while all these plans are going on, still didn't get a call from Dennis or anything like that, right? So as of right now, I don't even know if I'm even going to Everett, right? So, uh, but yeah, I went to his place, packed my car, said goodbye to my billets, and uh, we were just about to uh, drive to Langley and um, got a call from him. I think it was like 10.30 at night or something like that. And yeah, he was kind of going over and saying how they're going in a rebuild and, you know, they didn't want a player like me to kind of be part of a rebuild and stuff like that. So he said he had lots of teams call him about me. So he said... He cares about me as a person rather than a hockey player, and he kind of wanted to see me go to a place that's going to, you know, make a playoff run and, and be good for me and close to home, right? So he said Swift Current, like he thought, was the best place for me to go, and I like I agreed with him totally 100%, right? I know you guys were playing some good hockey. I think you guys were on a seven-game heater at that time, right? So I was really excited about that, and then I got in contact uh, with uh, with Prodder, and he was talking to me about that, and that was it. And then I ended up going back to my billets and just knocked on the door. Didn't have a key. They took my key away from me too. Yeah, yeah. So I had no key, so they're all sleeping. I'm sitting there ringing the doorbell, you know, waiting. And they're just they just stood there speechless for like for like five minutes. And I'm like, like, what's going on here? And then I had to kind of break the news to them. So it was kind of crazy. Yeah, so I mean, Swift Current. I mean, you're you're telling that story with a smile on your face, and obviously you have a connection with with Devin here. Yeah. you know. So, so so talk about that. You know, as as soon as you heard Swift Current, what was going through your mind? Honestly, the first thing that popped to my mind was was Devin. Uh, like obviously, I played two years with them at Notre Dame, and uh, we were both very successful in both those years. Huh? Tells Cup, and then uh, next year we ended up winning the league and lost out in Westerns, obviously, right? But you know, I thought we that team there we we fought. I think. I'm not sure what seed. I can't remember what seed we were, but we weren't we weren't anything special. I think we were like fourth or fifth seed going into playoffs, and we ended up winning that whole uh, whole league there in Sask, right? So that's a huge accomplishment. And yeah, he's obviously a math teacher too there, so we got to kind of be uh, good friends with him on and off the ice. And no, he's he's been a great great guy and a great person to have in my life. You uh, mentioned the fact you played Notre Dame. I mean, how how was the the Notre Dame experience for you? Because you also played your um, your draft year there with the U15 team as well. So three years at Notre Dame, uh, I think it's pretty close to to Candiac. So just how was that uh, that three years for you? Uh, I was awesome. Uh, I wasn't sure. Like we made a joke uh, when I was playing in Weyburn, um, my bottom double A there. Um, we played Notre Dame, and my parents were like, "Hey, would you like to come to school here?" As a joke, and I was like, ah, "I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think I'd like it." I was like, "No, no, I don't have, I don't think I could ever see myself coming here." And then, uh, sure enough, uh, went to a, a spring camp there, and I said, you know what, I kind of actually like this. You know, I re- really like it. And, and then Jeremy Milmock called me and said, hey, we kind of want you for our Bantam AAA team there and stuff. And I was like, holy man, this is, this is crazy. That's a great opportunity for me, right? So I said, if I want to do something with hockey, I think this is where I have to go, right? Like living on a farm, you have to move away from home, right? So we thought Notre Dame was good because it's just an hour on the gravel roads and you're, you're back at home, right? So it's, it's nothing too big, so, yeah. And then uh, you begin your Western Hockey League career as a member of the Regina Pats, and uh, obviously Regina and Swift, a bit of a rivalry. What do you remember about those games against Swift Current as a member of the Pats? Uh, I know they were always close. Uh, you know, they were never easy games at all. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Like just every, team's, every game's a battle, but I know just with Swift, I think the drive here and, and playing in this barn and stuff, I always thought it was hard. Always thought so. So, I mean, coming here and, and being able to – make this place your home ice and have home ice advantage I thought 
is pretty good because the experience I had coming here, it was tough. So I think, you know, other teams coming in here, it's definitely a, a battle for them. Now, with that, you were obviously a member of the Regina Pats during that uh, hub season at the University of Regina and the Bryant Center. Um, you know, I was there with the Broncos as well the whole time. So just why I always love to hear from players who are with other teams how their experience was. So what was the uh, the bubble experience like for you? It was different for sure. Um, I don't know. I think that whole year was just crazy. Um, I think that from going from saying we're going to play and then not going to play, I think I was told three times, I think in the span of like four months, that we're going to play. All right, get back in shape. We're going to play. And then as soon as we're all right, no, no, we're going to, we've got to postpone it. All right. So then you go back to the farm and you kind of do some hunting and stuff like that. And then, all right, we're going to play. And then you got to get back into shape. And then they said, cancel it again. So it was three times I, you know, stopped and then got back into shape three times. So it was tough, but you know, going to the bubble, I, th I think it's good. I think we had to play something. We had to play something for sure. Cause that's, it's a whole year of development that's, you know, falling behind. Yeah. Right. So I think it was good that they figured it out and how to do it. Obviously, the living conditions and, and the food is a big thing that, you know, it wasn't all that great because some of the other divisions got to stay at the billets and kind of hotels and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, Regina and Swift, we stayed in the same same dorms and it was just single. And for me, like, I'm a, I'm a really social guy. I don't know you can see me on the ice. I'm always yelling at guys and I love hanging out with them. And for, so for me personally, it was tough because, you know, being quarantined for those five days, not being able to talk to anyone, it was really tough for me. And and even going back to your room and there's no one there to like talk to or yeah. anything like that. And it, that was the main thing for me is like you couldn't like we didn't hang with the teammates at all, really. So for me, that was bad. And, um, you know, not being able to go outside either. That's that's really tough, like really, yeah. really tough on me. Like sometimes I just want to go for a walk or some listen to music, but you couldn't do that. Right. So it, it was a different for me. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it's you have to do something like that. So you kind of had to grind through it. Well, yeah, and, you know, you said it yourself. You're a farm kid. You're used to the farm kid lifestyle. Exactly. Wide open spaces, yeah. and now here you are. I mean, exactly. I don't want to say, like, in jail, but, mm. I mean, so so what do you do to pass the time? Because for someone like you from wide open spaces, that mm. had to be a sandwich. That's exactly what I mean. It was so hard for me. Like, going on the farm, geez, you had 6,000 acres to work with, right? Yeah. And now I'm in this little thing where I got my feet touching both walls, basically, right? Like, <laughs> it, it was so small, and I never got into video games or anything like that either. Like, I wasn't a gamer, right? So everyone's sitting here playing video games and I hated it never played I tried to get into it because okay well I gotta pass up time right so but never got into it so that was that was the main kind of pass past time was to play video games but I never did right so it was it was struggling for sure yeah <laughs> so you went from Regina to Kamloops last year and I guess that probably would have been the first time you were kind of really far away from home mm -hmm. so how was that transition going from you know Regina all the way to Kamloops I uh, it was awesome um you know being in this division and, and stuff like that, I kind of seen, I've, I've grew up around it. So I kind of knew it. Right. And I wanted to kind of experience a different, you know, division and different way hockey was played kind of out in BC in the States and, and all that. And, you know, lots of people say they want to be close to home and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. And I'd see, I like, I like swift current. Cause I made a joke with my dad. It's far enough away where he can't bring me home on days off to drive the tractor. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, it's still close enough where they can come see me. Right. So I swift current's a perfect spot to be, but, uh, no, I think, you know, going out to BC was good. Like I said, it's a different experience, and I, I like being close to home, and I liked, I had love having billet families too, right? So, because I lived, I lived at home in Regina, right? Yeah, so I lived with my parents, and like I said, I like having the billet families and all that, so it was good. And for your development as a hockey player, you're playing in Kamloops last year, a team that had a bit of a playoff mm -hmm. run. You know, what did that do for you? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Like, lots of people will sit here and, and uh, you know, and say, like, it's kind of cliche to say, but, like, playoffs is – a different type of hockey it's it's nothing compared to, to regular season like you guys think what you're playing now in regular season 
you got to take it up like way, way up a notch. Like for sure. Like I was telling the guys, like we, we won games even with Spokane. Like they were the last seed. Right. And we, yeah. we played them and like, yeah, like we kind of took over. It was like, it's like five, three kind of there going all the way up. And then it'd be like four, two, four, one. But like the last mm-hmm. game, game seven, like we, it was three, three all the way through the game. And yeah. we scored with like, I don't know, like probably three minutes left to make a four three. Like it's close. And then Vancouver was a battle. And, like, we go, and then you get into Seattle and Kamloops, where they're both really good teams. And there is not one mistake that goes on that whole game. Yeah. We won two games were won one nothing, And one game was won 2-1. The other game was 3-2, right? And it's, it's you got to learn, like, when you score a goal, it's locked down. It's yeah. locked down. Like, you, you don't want to score another goal. You just, any, I always tell the guys, like, it's bearing down, right down to the last little detail where it's like you're boxing out. You got to block that shot. When you hit the red line, that puck's got to be 200 feet. It can't, it, like, it, it can't be, it can't be like 150 feet. It can't be 180 feet. It's got to be 200 feet, right? So it's just, it's all the little details where it's like no one messes up. No one's got it ever a blur moment. No team is taking one minute off. It's just constantly playing good hockey all the way through. And this this Broncos team has the expectations to get to the playoffs, and there's so much talk about how much playoff experience makes a difference come playoff time. So for you, having that playoff run with Kamloops last year, I mean, how much are you using that to help this young group here really realize what it's going to be like? I think you, you can say as much as you want, right? It comes down to everyone wanting to be there is, is the main thing. Like, they, they got to have that drive. And for it, and you can't, you can't tell, like, you can't teach that. Like, guys just want to got to wake up and be like, I want to win this game, right? I want to be here, right? There's like, you got to have that driver. It's like, I don't want to go home, right? Like, it's, it's the, it's kind of like that savage mentality where it's like, you know, in the NHL, it's like, this guy's trying to take the food off my table. You're like, no, he ain't, right? Like, you got to have that savage mentality going into playoffs where it's like, you give, you got no quit, right? So it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to teach that. You can say it to the guys, but if it really doesn't click in there, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to happen, right? But uh, I think for me, it's just telling the guys to do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, right? Like, you know, if you're doing like some wall sprints or something like that, I was joking Wardle today at practice, and he was like, oh, what, you like losing? Like, what? Well, nobody. I like getting better. Yeah. I didn't see you out there, <laughs> there doing the wall sprints with me, right? It's just little things like that, right? And getting the extra workout in, make sure you're warming up for practice, cooling down like every single day, not taking a day off. If you're an ice bather, you're ice bathing after, after every practice, after every game, not taking a day off. Like, oh, you know what, I'll take a day off today. You know, I deserve it. No, no. You're getting in that ice bath. You're going to get in that cool down, right? That's that's the difference. That's what makes a playoff team. So so just talking to you right now. I mean, it sounds like you're you're in here. You're clearly a really vocal guy in the room and everything. You know how how have you fit in thus far with this group? I mean, you seem like the type of guy that could probably go into any dressing room and kind of find your place mm-hmm. there. But you know, how's it been behind the scenes with this squad and Swift? So it's far? it's been absolutely unbelievable. The guys are are really great. Um, you know they. There's no, not really any clicks or anything like that. We all hang out with each other. You know, we're all talking to each other. And, you know, I know I know Sam McGinley from when he was in Regina, and I know Brady Burney. I worked out with him in Regina and stuff like that. And they're having them there and saying how the team's really, really good and coming in. Like, I thought it was unbelievable how all the guys, you know, they're contributing. And, you know, they, they work really, really hard too, and they all want to get better. And I guess that sort of leads into my last question is what have you seen from this group so far? You know, you'd played against these guys a couple of times when you were in Regina. Now you're here in the room every day. You know all these guys personally. So what have you seen from this young group? There, one thing I was, I was talking to Prater about it is this team is unbelievable how skilled it is. Like it, it was a change for me coming in personally because it's, you know, I played on teams where, you know, you play, you play third line and you got third line guys. You play with them, right? Like in, in Kamloops I had 
guys that were six feet, you know, six two, and they're all two hundred pounds, and we would just hit the red line, dump the puck in, and just work, 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 right? But like from first line all the way down is skill. This team is so so talented, and you know it's hard to do that because it's like I want sometimes I want to just dump the puck in, but it's just like you know what I'm gonna kick it out and I drive. They're gonna give me that puck in the middle of the ice every single time. Like it, it's it's crazy. So I think if we we can outskill teams, but it comes down to we gotta we gotta work hard at it too, right? So when skill, you know, sometimes doesn't work, okay, now we got to change it, and you got to do what you got to do, right, which is working hard, right? Yeah. Hard work beats talent when talent don't it work exactly. hard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, right? In some games you see it's like talent sometimes isn't working, right? You got, you know, the yeah. puck's not going your way, you know, it's going off sticks, it's going off skates, it's just not working, right? Okay, so – if it's games are going to be like that sometimes, since that's when you got to switch your gear and you just got to, when it hits the red line, you just got to dump it in and get going, right? I guess, I, do momentum. Have, I guess I do have one last one. Um, you know, since you've been here, this team has come back in the third period a number of times. Mm-hmm. So the game against Regina, when you got the game winner Sunday in Medicine Hat, you're down 3-1 going into the third, come back and win in overtime. You know, this team's ability to come from behind and win games, I think is also something that kind of really stands out about them. Yeah, totally. You, uh, you know, you mentioned you're not a big video game guy. Uh, yeah. So, so what do you do to pass the time? Um, you know, uh, you, I, you got an off day, you know, net Netflix, any series you're into or, or you know? Or not not really. Like um, at night, like I'll throw on a Netflix show for, for an hour and then hit the sheets. But I don't know. I like, like always ask the guys like, hey, what are you doing today? What are you doing? You know, I always like going over to some guy's house or, you know, playing darts or playing pool or something like that watching a hockey game i usually like doing that to pass the time by always something competitive eh yeah always something like just gotta always, keep it going gotta keep it going exactly yeah <laughs> uh, well hey man we really appreciate you doing this making your way to this end of the rink and having this chat and you know best of luck in uh, in your final season in the dub drew yeah no thank you guys so much you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos Wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. A big thank you to Devin Pratt and Drew Englott for joining us on the pod as now the team sets its sights on the U.S. swing and a big travel day coming up for this squad as they get set for uh, their next five games to be played south of the 49th. Yeah, I think they're excited. Uh, like you said, it's the first time in, in five years that this team has been able to to make this trip and the first time in a couple of years they've had any sort of uh, interconference play. So it's going to be an exciting trip. It's obviously a huge, uh, you know, a huge grind with a long trip there and uh, you know some some games back to back Friday Saturday Tuesday Wednesday some travel in between so it's it's a grind of a trip but every team goes through it whether they're heading that way or coming out this way so very much looking forward to it I know the guys are pretty excited about it too to see some new rinks and some new faces so it's uh, it's going to be an exciting trip it's going to be an exciting trip the next home game for the Swift Current Broncos is going to be on February the 10th as the team travels to the states so very much looking forward to seeing a packed house back here for that February game but uh, safe travels Bosch and uh, looking forward to seeing some content from the road man absolutely thank you very much looking forward to it this is the Broncos This Week podcast you've been listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16.